Right. And we'll always be together, right? Let me tell you something that my father told me. Look at the stars. The great kings of the past look down on us from those stars. Really? Yes. So whenever you feel alone, just remember that those kings will always be there to guide you. And so will I. Hello, hello, hello. This is Uncle Tickles, and you are listening to Episode 5 of New Dad. We're going to be talking about those first few weeks with a new roommate, uh, or in other words, a new child. And in the studio, we have a very special guest, Solomon Leo Pappas. So if you are listening to the podcast, head over to our YouTube channel and uh, just type into YouTube, New Dad Podcast, and you can meet little Solo, uh, who is our first employee and asleep on the job already. Let's give the viewers a nice little shot of him, a sleep sack. And uh, as well as Solo, we have Adam Nation, good friend of mine, father of two, and uh, all-around amazing guy here to talk about those first few weeks. His daughter, Gia, is three months old, so he just went through all this. Um, we're going to talk to him in a second. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to New Dad uh, through whichever channel you listen to us. And before we get to Adam, we have friend of the podcast, Prop Cause, with a brand new song he especially produced for the New Dad podcast. Really excited to unveil that for you guys today. Uh, so with no further ado, Prop Cause, take us away. back this is uncle tickles you are listening to new dad we are recording episode five we are talking about the first few weeks uh this is very appropriate for me as uh, many of our listeners and watchers know we added our second child to the pappas family on uh, the sixth oh so, yeah. Uh, yeah just uh, about a week ago and uh we're we're right in the middle of that that first two week period with uh with little Solomon. And today to talk about these first few weeks, uh, we have a close friend, uh, a father of two, uh, Adam May, sometimes known as The Nation. Adam, introduce yourself to all of uh, the new dad's little children. Hello, new dad's little children. Um, <laughs> yeah, so got a three-year-old and a three-month-old, so I'm right out in front of uh, Uncle Tickles in the, in the Wild West. And, and you have uh, two daughters, Sienna and Gia? Yep. Correct. Uh, so, Nation, I, I, I'll have you, first of all, explain. Uh, 
you know, I introduced you as, as Adam May, but the truth is I didn't actually know your real name for probably the first seven to 10 years of our friendship. It, it was just the nation. Uh, do you prefer if we just cut out your actual name and just refer to you as the nation throughout this episode? I, yeah, I don't care. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, there's only a handful of people that still call me nation out there, but those who know will always know. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so we're going to talk a little bit, you know, I, I wanted to have you on because, you know, you have a three month old daughter. So, you know, the, the idea of these first few weeks is not too far from your mind. Um, I, and I think it's important to get someone that's somewhat fresh in, in, in it, because for me, you know, Shep is only 19 months and that you would think is, is young enough where, I would have remembered what those those first couple of weeks were like for him. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't have been rusty or, or taken aback or surprised by anything with these first two weeks uh, with Solomon uh, or the first week, really. Uh, but I think there's something and uh, I'm interested in what would you have to say, Nation, something to be said about the idea that these first two weeks are so traumatic. Um, you know, and, and that sounds like a horrible thing, but it's just when you're talking about the the shock to your system as far as lack of sleep, um, and it's not just the lack of sleep because sleep. you're patching together a decent amount, but it's the fact that you're not getting consecutive hours of sleep, right? Uh, there's something traumatic about that. And then this idea of, especially if it's your first kid, you know, you're, you have this new life that you're now responsible for. You're in the hospital for two days and you have nurses and doctors all around you and they're coming in every hour or every 15 minutes. Um, and then all of a sudden you're home and it's one of the most crazy feelings because, you know, there's this moment where it's you and your partner and this child uh, and it's just the three of you. And you're kind of like, fuck, they expect us to keep this thing alive now. Um, and there is really a holy shit moment. And and with Solomon, baby number two, we didn't necessarily have that holy shit moment. But uh, the shock, I guess, uh, you know, that my system went through coming home and and having the, you know, him waking up every 45 minutes and. If there are listeners out there who are either expecting their first kid, uh, you know, who don't basically have a kid or, or, or are just listeners who don't have children and don't plan to it, you know, your kid has to eat every two to three hours. So even if he's sleeping at the most, the most sleep you're getting is a two hour, three hour sleep, sleep chunk. So um, I'm curious, Nation, you know, for you, did you feel like your mind had blocked out the trauma of the first two weeks with Sienna? What... Uh, no, I mean, well, so... Sienna was premature, so that two weeks and like that, that really that first six weeks was way more hectic. Yeah, you know, so it was like, you know, we were feeding her every five minutes it seems. So we had to use like a little syringe and like tape the syringe to your finger and feed her with your finger because she wasn't strong enough to eat. So that was like that sucked. Um, so I remember more distinctly that. And then when Gia came rolling in, you know, like she was basically born one day before her due date, you know, like <laughs> full term comes out maxing and relaxing and, you know, pretty, pretty simple. And then, you know, feeding wise in the night, like I fed Sienna way more than I fed Gia just based on, you know, Jess wanting to breastfeed, I've probably through the night only fed Gia 
don't know, 15 times maybe. Gotcha. If that Over three months. Now, you bring up an interesting point uh, because there is a huge factor that, that kind of plays into this, and that is, you know, the, the health factor or just, and sometimes it's not even a health, it's just these other factors um, extenuating outside factors. Um, so were you guys able to bring Sienna home right away or was she in ICU or, or the NICU? Um, no, yeah, we brought her home. So um, they did a, a, you know, a really nice job over there. So it was uh, like a Monday, Jess calls me at work and we're like, I was getting ready to fly to Chicago the next morning. Um, she calls and she's like, I think my water broke, you know, okay. <laughs> like, I guess I'll come pick you up. So I go pick her up. We shoot over to the hospital and they're like, okay, we got to, you know, test you out and do some, you know, get that swab on and then <laughs> see what's what. So Jess is like, well, you know, what, what else could it be? The doctor's sitting there like, oh, well, you might have just peed your pants. <laughs> All right. So I just had to tell her, like, if you peed your pants and you left work to have a baby and all you do is you could quit. You don't even have to go back. Don't even call. Just gone. Um, but no, so, it, you know, it was the real deal. So then they moved to, like, stop birth, right? They, they like, put you in the holding pattern. And then they started pumping um, steroids to try to get the lungs developed. So we did two full rounds of steroids, made it like five days. And then, you know, she was born. They were like, all right, cool. You know, all good. And then we came days later. So it was long because we were in a delivery room from Monday until I think we came home Saturday night. That's like in a room, I was sleeping on the floor like some kind of hobo, all shivering cold because you know, Jess was like super hot, so she'd crank the AC, then right. she'd super crank the heat, and I'm just like some you know. Porch and those dog. delivery rooms are nicer than the like the post delivery rooms, but they're still not great. You know, they're still kind of sleeping on like I don't know if yours was similar, but uh, we had like a little pull out. It's like a bench, but it also pulls out into like a little bed as well. Yeah, well, that's what I started with, but then Jess wanted out of the delivery bed, so then she slept on that, and then I was on the floor. <laughs> you're yeah, a good man. A life, son. <laughs> yeah, you're a good, you're a good man. Well, and, and I think we, I mean, it, so we had it backwards, right? Shep's birth was super, you know, pretty much by by the book. He was two weeks early, but nothing crazy premature. Um, it really, their births were polar opposite when you think about it. Uh, he was born in June. Uh, Solomon was born in February, so summer versus winter. Uh, Shep was born at about 9 a.m. Solomon was born at about 9 p.m. Uh, so things, I guess the only two things that were similar was, you know, Lita was a champ through both of them, and the actual pushing for both of them was very minimal. You know, once, uh, you know, it, the, the we got done watching Floribama Shore, and uh, the, the, this is for Solomon. And the doctor came in and was like, you know, so are, are you feeling like you're ready to go yet? I mean, she's like, no, you know, I'm just feeling feeling pretty okay. Like, all right, well, I'm just going to check and see how, you know, you know what, what you're at. Your dilated uh, number is. And she went to go check. And she's like, yeah, I can't check because the head's like right there. So try not to sneeze or laugh. And then Solomon was out. But, uh, the, you know, 
after that, there were a couple of different things with uh, with Solomon. Uh, not you know nothing major, um, at, you know at this point that we're aware of, and definitely nothing life threatening at this point. But it's you know like health wise stuff. You know we brought him back and he lost some weight, so we were uh, having to to you know go back to the doctor to have that checked. His bilirubin, which is you know his jaundice level, was high, so we had to go back to the doctor and then go to the hospital for blood tests for that. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he had these, these two other things that, that came up, uh, one was before birth we caught and the other one was, you know, post birth that we're, we're still kind of like navigating and trying to find out, but they added these extra stress levels where we were more comfortable definitely with, uh, you, you know, with going home and not worried about <laughs> keeping the baby alive. But it, you know, uh, I'm sure with Sienna, you know, you guys go back and you're talking about having to feed her with, a you know, with a literal, you know, a plunger and, and a syringe and, um, you know, having to do it, you know, every so often, it's, it's not just the act of having to do that, but it's the stress, right? It's like this idea that now you have this thing home and, you know, everyone just says that, you know, all I want is a happy, healthy baby, right? And, um, you know, the happy part's hard to talk because they're babies and they can't talk and they're just like little aliens. But the healthy part, you know, when we, even if it's not even necessarily for sure, this is what's wrong, you just throw a what if into there. And, uh, and as a parent, it, it makes things exponentially uh, harder from a stress level. Um, so, you know, <laughs> with all that being said, you know, you, you have those two things that can, that can kind of play into it. Um, you know, you, you had mentioned with Gia, you're not getting up and, and doing a lot of the feedings. How, how, how does, you know, are you guys sleeping in the same room? Because Lee and I have a system and I'm curious, uh, you know, outside of just, just waking up and feeding the baby because they're doing, uh, you know, breastfeeding. Do you guys have a system or did you guys have a system in those first couple of weeks? No. It, so Sienna decided to be a pain in the ass at the same time. Uh, <laughs> So like through the daytime and like anytime she's awake, she's never had like an ounce of jealousy. She's super into having a baby sister. She loves the fact that she's a big sister. It's like zero jealousy issues, but either coincidence or kind of subconscious like jealousy. Um, she started waking up like every couple of hours and had this damn doll in her bed <laughs> with a hat on and it was the the hat that they give you at the hospital uh-huh. she took the hat from the hospital put it on this little baby doll and it would fall off in the middle of the night and she would call for me to come put this hat on like <laughs> we we ended up like leapfrogging that like jess would wake up and feed the new baby i would wake up and put this fucking hat on the other <laughs> big baby and then so that's more what i was waking up for gotcha then I, I did a, a handful of feedings or like get up and, you know, give Gia a pacifier or something like that. Right. But all, I mean, the large majority of waking up for the baby has Jess has been doing. My, my advice is, you know, and this isn't something uh, that I'm going to say you should go and take this exact uh, solution um, and apply it to you and your home life uh, and your new baby. But um, this is something that Lee and I are doing, and I find it to be helping immensely, especially looking back at how we struggled with this with Shep. But uh, what we actually do is, so um, Lita goes to bed at about nine each night, and then she's in bed uh, 
upstairs we have a three floor house and so she's a you know very much away from us and the and uh and any noise and she gets to sleep from nine to two a.m and then at two a.m we kind of tag each other out and then i go upstairs and i sleep from about two to seven and so um it doesn't seem like a ton but you know i've said this a, a number of times now with these first couple of weeks i think what what kills a lot of people is the fact that you're not able to piece together these four plus hour stretches you know um, and so this gives us that ability. And so, uh, you know, you're still able to sleep during your watch, you know? So like, even though I'm there from nine to two, I might be able to crash from maybe 1230 to 130 or 12 to one, depending on, you know, him. But, uh, if you can figure out a system that works for you guys, and, and it, and this really does, cause I'm typically a night owl and Lita is more of a, of an early to bed, early to rise type person. Um, so it really works. So I, I would suggest, you know, figuring out, you know, you guys don't both need to wake up and there's going to be some women out there who want to breastfeed and they want to be the ones that are, are doing that every single time. And, um, luckily Lita's kind of like let go of the reins and allowed me, you know, she, she still pumps and we're still doing breast milk. Um, but, um, it, you know, like I'm still able to bottle feed them for a couple feeds and it gets her a little extra sleep. So, um, Think about it. Try to be flexible. Um, that's one thing that's helped us, uh, you know, quite quite immensely. Um, you, you know, you touched on something when you were talking about Sienna. You know, ninety percent of the time or whatever during the day being a great big sister. I think that's been my favorite part. This go around is watching Shep be, uh, you know, an amazing big brother. Um, and you you kind of wonder with a nineteen month old because certain things he's not grasping certain concepts and and sometimes one of those is gentle. Uh, so we were terrified that he was going to like smash the baby, but he's been, um, nothing, nothing short of amazing with them. So knock on wood that that continues. Um, I am wondering nation, we, we talked a little bit about how, uh, you know, there's, there's very little, I think that can prepare you for, for those first couple of weeks. Um, but I do think that perhaps our, our partying lifestyles in our past and also, uh, you have a, a military, a somewhat military background. So uh, I, I have to imagine that potentially prepared you a little bit for for that. So um, do you feel one prepared you better than the other? And and if so, maybe elaborate on that. Yeah, probably, you know, well, you called it the partying side. I'd just more call it just life. Life hanging. <laughs> yeah, just life thing around. Just life hanging. Well, because, you know, you, I mean, first of all, you know, some of the people that we hang out with oh, right? yeah. and like, it's funny every, every now and then I'll talk to, uh, um, my parents about like, oh, I'm, you know, I told them I was doing this the other day and they're like, oh, yeah, like, that's gotta be an interesting podcast, you know, because <laughs> I think probably the biggest thing that sticks out in their minds when I talk about you is the daddy's gone to jail book that you gave. <laughs> They're like, well, yeah, but you, you know, you've got so many weird friends that like, I don't even, you know, it's like, whatever. So I think more like, you know, lifing and the ability to hang out with a lot of people and a lot of crazy and, you know, sometimes unpredictable situations is better preparation for having a kid. Cause right. You're, you're trying to make the world make sense for them as they're trying to figure it out <laughs> you're coming at it like as a super judgy fucking ding dong it's never gonna work right no but 
break it down like, yeah, this is this is life. That's how it works. <laughs> you know, keep it moving. It's- so, you know, I think because Sienna, I think I mean, well, I know she listens to me much better than she listens to Jess. Yeah. Which I think in part is, I just break it down for her. Like, <laughs> ain't no, ain't, I'm not really out here fucking around, but I'm not being mean. I'm just telling her how it is. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're the nation. <laughs> you're laying down the laws of the nation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I for sure, you know, think that there's uh, a part of, you know, what you're saying to be totally accurate. Uh, the other part, though, is I think it, it's the it's the sleep thing, right? It's this ability to to have those long nights, you know, where you're uh, you're up and you're and like you said, even if you're not partying, even if you're just lifing, you know, um, and you get like two or three hours and you got to get up, and the next day you got class or work or whatever the case may be, and having to do that, and uh, you know, there's certain people that you know, without that five hour, six hour block of solid sleep in an hour, they're worthless, you know? And, and I think that's what most people, when you talk oh, to that they struggle with, you know, for those first two weeks is it's the sleep thing. And you out of, uh, out of everyone have always been the person who I've kind of looked at as having the supernatural ability to operate on, on little to no sleep. Uh, where does that come from? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's, some military but i i don't think so because i think if i i more or less it's probably it's like a lot of you know all of the people i hang out with they more think about like my ability to not sleep Uh but if you yes i think the thing that she's more surprised about is that i can go and often do forget to eat (laughs) or just like else is going on and there's like yeah okay i get it i gotta sleep i gotta eat but not really you know i'll get to it so i think it's just more those aren't priorities you know but yeah i I don't know what not uh, sleeping always just been a thing what would you say to expecting dads out there who are, you know looking for some advice on how to prepare for those first couple weeks you know when you bring Mm -hmm. the kid home uh, you know, what you can possibly do to set yourself up for success? I mean, to not listen to anybody's advice. <laughs> yeah, like, so here's the thing that I always thought was interesting to me, and I wouldn't say I had a hard time with it with Sienna, but it was different for Sienna. I knew it with Gia, but like, you have everybody come around and I think you and I are probably on different sides of, of this where everybody tells you like, Oh, the baby's going to be born and you're going to hold it. No, it's going to be this, you know, magical thing and blah, blah, blah. Not for me. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Right. Like there's a baby. Yes. I I get it. I, you know, obviously you have like a, a kind of, baseline love for the baby Mm -hmm. but i have no relationship with it and so that wasn't the case for me so then i'm like well all right am i feeling a different way because my priority right now is feed it you know change her 
keep her alive and keep it moving. Right. And was I wouldn't I wouldn't say I had like a real tangible relationship for a year. Yeah. With you know, just because there's not a lot going on. It's like yeah, you know, they don't do anything. It's like okay, I get it. Yeah, I love you. It's like getting a new roommate. You got to figure out what they're all about. And it takes a little while. They got to come do on that rent every now and then before you're like, okay. That's like, solid. Right, but nobody's, nobody tells you that. And then when you try to tell other people that, they're like, oh, well, you're just some kind of asshole. It's like, no. It's just, this is the way it is. That, that, that's real talk for you. Yeah, it's a little different for Gia, although... I wouldn't say that I have like a relationship with Gia yet. It's closer simply by watching Sienna. So now, right. I, Cause I can ha I have more connection with Sienna as she's now older and to see how much she's enjoying interacting. Like that's more my bridge to a relationship with Gia than like sitting, looking at her, yeah. or, like hold. No, for sure. That's super. Uh, I mean, that's a, a very interesting point. I think, uh, yeah, it's it's funny that you you bring this up because uh, you're absolutely right. We're on we're on opposite sides of it. Um, for for you know, and it, and I, this sounds horrible as I as I'm thinking of the words coming out of my mouth, but you know, I I think I have to be totally honest about this. Now with Shep, it. I, I thought that that when I heard that sort of advice or people saying, you know, I always thought that was bullshit. And one of the things I was surprised by uh, being a dad was how that was very true. Like I felt this immediate bond with Shep and I felt, um, you know, and I, you know, and I work hard at the bond, but there was, it, I felt it immediate. I felt like, you know, there was this, not only did I love him and want to protect him, but I, 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 I felt this irrational feeling that he loved me back. Like I felt that, you know, there's this thing between us now, Solomon, I even told this to Lita and like, it got me teary eyed on the way back from the hospital, but it was, uh, I felt, and this is so stupid to say this because the kids, the kid was like 48 hours old. Right. And he, you know, he's not even developing these sort of like, I, I'm associating these very mature adult type uh, emotions and feelings to this two, two day old being, but I, you know, I felt like he didn't like me and I, you know, and I felt like I was having a harder time creating this bond oh, at me, bro. Yeah, dude, I've, it's, it's stupid to say that, but I did feel it. And, um, you know, and Lita said something, uh, the other, you know, a couple of days ago where it was like, well, you know, like it seemed like I was suffering from postpartum and, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far to say that I felt as if I was suffering from that, but it was a weird, it was a weird juxtaposition from Shep to Solomon, right. Where I felt like on one end he, you know, he loved me and there was this immediate connection to this other end. It's like, I felt like there, I have this love for this child, but it's, it's not reciprocated. Um, and it was just like this very strange feeling. Um, and it's still even hard to like put into words, it, you know? Um, but you know, I think that's, uh, it, it's a good point. And it's, the fact is like, you know, we're, we're told a lot of, you know, how we're supposed to feel a lot as, uh, as guys, um, and dads and that, and moms too, you know, are, are supposed to, you know, we're supposed to fit into these specific roles, but, um, you know, I think it's a good piece of advice that you, however you feel is how, how you're going to feel. And it's important to own it and just communicate that, especially to your partner. Um, especially if you think it's, they're being weirded out by the way you're, you're feeling. Cause I know Lita was kind of weirded out by, by, by me. Um, yeah. 
One, one thing you should do, I'll give you someone you should get to sponsor you is um, the other thing that's different between Gia and Sienna is we use this bassinet called the Snoo. This thing, it's ridiculously expensive. Um, but part of like, I think the biggest disconnect on the second baby is as you're talking through like having to get up every two hours, Gia has slept in like four to five hour increments pretty much since we brought her home. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and she's been sleeping pretty much through the night since like seven weeks. Thanks. And that's not largely, normal people. So like, <laughs> uh, well, I think it's largely this snoo bassinet that like really? it her all night long and has like sound on it. And if she starts to cry, it like rot. You got to check it out. Wow. Uh, I'm sold. You're sold. So right now she's upstairs asleep right now. She won't wake up again. She'll wake up at five 30. Um, and Jess will feed her and then they'll go back to bed till like seven 30. So that's the, I mean, when I say I don't get up, it's not like Jess is getting up 10 times. Right. She's getting up a couple of times through the night and like it ebbs and flows obviously, but not anywhere near like Sienna where it was like every hour. Dang, dang. Um, well, I think if we're going to talk about the first two weeks, we have to talk about diapers, right? We have to talk about changing. Um, I think one thing that's going to surprise some new parents and uh, something that maybe a lot of uh, parents to maybe older kids have blocked out is those first couple poos and just how crazy they are. Like the black tarry poo that just sticks to the body and you're just, you don't even necessarily know uh, like what's a, if it's even a substance of this earth. Was that something that, that kind of shook you a little bit? It didn't shake me in that like I was... Like you were prepared for that? I wasn't prepared for it, but I wasn't, I didn't care. The thing that was more annoying is like, you can't clean it off of them. Well, that's right. It's yeah. Like, so then I just, you know, then you're like, all right, well, I don't want to just like, just be scrubbing this damn baby, like, you know, a burnt pot in the sink, but you can't get it off. So <laughs> they don't want to come out. And then both of the girls have sensitive skin. So then you're trying to like be delicate. Now I was, I was what I was not prepared for. And what you hear about more often is like blowing out your diaper. Oh, yeah. I wasn't, yeah, you hear about like a blowout. I just assumed that that meant like you took a huge dump. Not that you literally shit on your own head. <laughs> like nobody tells you that. Not like, hey, your baby's going to shit on its own head at the store. No, no. nobody says that. And one thing that you actually lucked out on, actually two two things, and I know that down the road you'll be having to deal with a, a slew of other things that I won't have to deal with, but having girls – uh, you don't have like the, the little wieners that are shooting pee everywhere while you're try starting to change them. And Shep wasn't that bad about it. He really only did it a couple times. But Solomon, literally every time he changes diaper, he's shooting off at you. He's trying to get you. And, uh, and a lot of times it just ends up shooting himself in the face. Uh, so there's that. And the other you gotta clean it. Yeah. Dude, it's it le legit. This kid pees through. Uh, two to three sleep sacks and uh, and outfits a night. It's insane. And I don't know if it's like the diapers are too small. Or he's not, a, you know, he lost a bunch of weight, but um, he's not a small baby. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then the other thing is circumcisions, you know, and obviously not everyone's going to have their baby circumcised if you so choose to do it. Just be prepared. It is a gnarly fucking thing when you have to change a baby, a freshly circumcised baby's diaper. 
it, I mean, changing diapers maybe to someone who's not too initiated in it is a, a jarring thing when you've never done it. But then all of a sudden you have this wounded penis staring you in the face that you have to put like Vaseline gauze over. Fuck, that, that is. How long do they have to wear that, dude? Uh, so, uh, so it's again different, and this is totally, you know, Shep and Solomon totally different. Sheps, I think, took like a solid two weeks, or like real two weeks. And there was a point where we went and checked it one day, and like all the skin that was like around it that was healing had turned yellow. And I was convinced that we had gotten it infected because he had taken like one of those blowout dumps that got everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, great. He got feces in his penis cuts. And now, like, we're going to have to take him to the doctor and he's going to have to have his penis amputated. Um, no, yellow healing skin is like normal, which is just, you know, like, again, not something you're prepared for. Uh, Solomon? I wasn't in the handbook. Dude, no, not in the handbook. Solomon's dick looks great. Like, he's like seven days in and it look, looks fresh to death. Um, his shit healed up real nice. So um, if you so choose to go this route, uh, parents of boys, if you choose to have them circumcised, just be prepared. It is, um, I honestly... No joke. I was, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have circumcised Shep just because it was that traumatizing for me. Um, I almost didn't do it with Solomon because it was so bad with Shep. Uh, but I just couldn't, you know, in the long run, I'm trying to imagine these conversations or fights are getting into because one of them has a, uh, a circumcised yeah. dick, the other one doesn't. And now they're making fun of each other. And, uh, and you know, that. yeah, so I, I couldn't have that. Um, Anything else about those first two weeks? Like, you know, we've I've had you for about an hour now. I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Now, I mean, we pretty much hit it. It's you got to do your own thing. It's gonna be, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. You know, That's I right. think the the support system, you know, between you and your partner or whoever it is doesn't have to be, I think you were probably more formalized than maybe Jess and I were. Mm -hmm. Jess has in, as, as a mother, I mean, she's a completely different person than, and in a good way, than <laughs> who I know. I mean, she's more than even, I mean, kids are kids, right? Like, yeah, I right. do. They're, they're fun, but the having kids the most kind of fun part of it was just being a mom because she's she loves it i mean she's all in <laughs> and so watching that has been way more fun because the kids are new so everything right. they do is new totally this is not new <laughs> you know <laughs> she's been around forever yeah she's forever <laughs> but then to see, you know, the way that she gets so into it has been kind of find her like purpose that. a little bit. Yeah. And she's just really good at it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, so the, I think that's more fun. And so like in those really the whole first year, right. Of, cause I, like I mentioned, Sienna was just a roommate to me for a year. <laughs> so really my connection came more from just watching Jess and how much she was really into it as I was kind of trying to figure out how to be into it. And then as soon as you hit that year mark and kind of walking and being able to do stuff, that's way more fun. But for sure in those first couple of weeks, you got to find what, what you get excited about. And it doesn't have to be what everybody else told you you should be excited about. 
totally. Um, you know, I think for me, you know, we hit some of the things that were uh, way different this time around. Uh, another thing, just, uh, and I don't know if this, I'm just going to say this because it might be something a lot of parents um, experience, and I doubt nation from just, you know, the things you've said that that is something you went through. But um, one of the other things I felt was guilt. You know, I was bringing home this other kid and, uh, you know, chef's been my guy and he's my dude. And now all of a sudden you're bringing this new baby into the home and the baby's getting showered with the attention. And, uh, you know, I really had to make a concerted effort to think of it as like, well, you know, I'm I'm not just, you know, bringing another kid into the home. I'm, I'm bringing a new best friend in for chef, hopefully. So, um, you know, it's probably one of the best gifts that we can give to them. Um, so I have to keep thinking of it that way, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's crazy. You know, it's cra the amount of stuff that I think I blocked out just that first go around, um, and, and, and we're kind of like it coming back in flashes as if it was like a repressed memory. Um, uh, but it, you know, at the same time, you also forget about like, uh, you know, for me, all those sweet moments and uh and what it's like to bond with that with that kid for the first time and when you're starting to feed them and just you're looking at something so helpless uh, uh you know it, it's it's a cool feeling and also having a, a kid chef's age or you know sienna's age right there to kind of look and be like flash forward into the future be like this is going to be this kid. you know especially when they're the same sex too right because um you know no two kids are the same but you know, you, you kind of have a template. You're like, okay, I, this is crazy that in 18 months, 19 months, he's going to be doing what, what chef's doing, or she's going to be doing what Sienna's doing. Um, you know, it, it's a wild thing, but it's a fun thing. And, uh, I want to thank nation for, uh, for joining us and spending some time to, to talk about those first two weeks nation, anything you want to plug or uh, shout out before we let you go. No, I mean, have fun with your kids. That's right. Have Whatever. Fun whoever they are, whatever they're doing and figure out how you're going to, you know, build the relationship with them. That's right. That's Adam May, AKA the nation. This is uncle tickles and tune in next week. Uncle tickles will be going through a little bit of a style, uh, uh, a makeover, I guess is, is the word. I'm going to be having a, uh, a, a stylist come over kick out all my shit and I'm also going to have a, a hair uh, a hairstylist as well talk about some of the mistakes dads are making uh, and Uncle Tickles makes as well Nation looks like you want to put some two cents in on that episode you're doing this you're getting styled on the show yeah so it, it might not be your typical show I'm going to have a stylist come over he's going to go through my closet uh, ask me about some things maybe add some new things I'm going to get uh, a little bit of a makeover and, uh, and have my hairstylist uh, here because you know, I'm a grown man and I can't do my own hair. So, so tune in for that. That'll be a good one. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hear from our sponsor, Adam. Thank you. Uh, and we will see you next week. All right, brother. All right, brother.